Andy Gill. Tell you what, tell you this for nothing. Trevor stayed, he stays for no man. <laughs> Trevor's in corner, he's going nowhere. <laughs> and I'm Jade Halliwell. Breakups are good for songwriting and losing weight. <laughs> and you're listening to Do You Know Any Oasis? A podcast about two women trying to make an independent career in the music industry. Uh, I know you write your own songs and everything, love, and, and they're good and everything, but uh, do you know any Oasis? <laughs> Episode two. Welcome back, baby. Is it, did anyone come back? <laughs> we hope so. Are we here? Hello. Are we here? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> We're back and we've we got um, another episode um, of Drivel, of what it's like to be in the music industry. Yeah. And more importantly, what it's like to be a woman in the music woman. industry. To to plug myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole thing. It is a whole thing. It is a massive thing. You know what? The th- so I used to do interviews. Obviously, um, we all know um, being in country music and for you guys who aren't involved in the country scene, the country scene in America is a huge thing at the moment. Well, and there has been for a while of people, of them saying, you know, women aren't well represented on festival lineups and radio playing stuff. And then over here, we used to get interviewed a lot. I don't know if you felt this too. And they'll say, how hard has it been a female in country music? Personally, my experience, I've never felt like in country music that, they're like, oh no, we only like males. I feel like in the UK we've got an abundance of amazing, talented women. We're the other way around. Yeah, the other way around. Yeah, I feel there's a misrepresentation of men in country music in the UK. But in music as a whole, yeah. (laughs) And and this is is where it's (laughs) so important because actually we're super fortunate in that we have been able to thrive mm-hmm. in in the genre of country music yeah. because it is so well represented by women. But we've both come um, from, even just take it right back to pubs and clubs, mm-hmm. ran by men, quite often male staff, quite mm-hmm. often male audiences. Yeah. You think you're singing to, you know, to the pub, pub yeah. culture has always been male very heavily concept. male. Male... Oh. <laughs> Why do clubs need like a whole board of men to tell them how to? Oh, they love it. How to run they it? They love do it. love it, don't they? Yeah, they've all got their own role. You know what's great for me is my dad's the vice president of a club. <laughs> oh, endless, endless comedy we have to kick Mick out of him. <laughs> Once found a little badge that he's obviously been given. It said like vice president, and oh, months, months of laughter we had. Yeah, gonna put your badge on before you little go to badge. work. It was like jokes up. <laughs> well, listen, I can remember. I mean, prop. Probably not so much when I was able to go into the pubs, but certainly as a kid, that there were some pubs where A, women couldn't be members. Yep. So the, the, the husband or the, or the partner would be a member and then they'd bring the woman as a guest. And going back a little bit further, women couldn't go in some rooms. Yep. You know, we, um, it's funny and I'd love to like get some of her stories. So my uh, soon-to-be mother-in-law also grew up singing in the clubs from being like 11, 12 years old, yeah. playing in the working men's. So she was doing that through like, what, like 70s, 80s the or something depression. like that. <laughs> <laughs> and she tells us she remembers like going places and like, even though she was playing, like, you know, Bob would have to go get the wages stuff because she couldn't go in certain rooms because she was a female. Imagine that. Yeah. But I, so I know in uh, our local club at Nash, they have a room, games room. And I swear when I was a kid or younger, I remember it being like, oh, that was a men's room. But that stuck in my head and I didn't know until a few years ago. Like, even now I feel good going in. I'll be like, oh, you can't go in there. It looks like, love. <laughs> Th- that's not a thing anymore where women can't go in certain rooms. But you know what's funny? Even though 
times have changed. And I'm going to try and say this as diplomatically as I can. <laughs> I'm getting me wine for this. Let's go. Even though times have changed, a lot of the men that were around in those times have not. Yes. So I still come across such like chauvinism and Ooh. like male and like opinionate, opinionated guys that just, they will always have those opinions from the 70s and 80s, even though it's like, mate, we've moved on. Yeah. And a lot of those guys are still on the the club boards on board. and i mean <laughs> on board. On board. and i i mean I, I got out of the clubs about six years ago um probably a, well actually probably just before we went into the pandemic yeah um i was doing less clubs and i was doing more um cabaret style work yeah. so i do hotels and caravan parks because yeah. a they do pay better yeah. from a business decision i was like i have to do less work for better yeah. paid money and i enjoyed it more yeah. You know, I enjoyed going and when I think I feel like when you sing into people on holiday this is why it was great doing seven years in Lanzarote when you're singing to people on holiday the vibe is there when you're singing to people in a, in a working class club or a pub on a Sunday afternoon it's a slog in it <laughs> when they didn't come out for music like there's always that split audience like the people who love it but then like, there's also don't you think that small part of you that's like you spot you instantly spot the one who ain't here for it and you think <laughs> Arms are I'll convert you tonight yeah you're my task. Did you used to get comments at the end of the night where they go, I don't usually like the two, yeah. but... Uh, I'd tell you something, you can't be that bad because you got them up dancing and they don't dance in here. <laughs> <laughs> they don't dance in here. They'd tell you that one. I tell you that. what, I'll tell you this for nothing. Trevor's stayed, he stays for no man. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor's in corner, he's going nowhere. <laughs> Two bites of bitter. But they tell you this information like, yeah, I just funny. need you to know that because the audience haven't left, you've yeah. done all right. Yeah. <laughs> or when the audience, like when I was younger, like I said, I was doing working men's when you could smoke in clubs. Yeah, so I, remember, I, remember. I mean, I wasn't I remember, smoking, I remember, but I remember, I remember the it. smoking ban coming in and stuff. So when I started out in clubs, like I said, I was at school and... I had an agent, but I wasn't old enough to be in the club, so you couldn't do... I'm sure, I feel like I did do Friday Saturday, but I definitely did Sunday afternoons, and people just be smoking around you, so I'd wake up for school the next day, and my head would stink, because yeah. I'd be like, oh, from club, bed, out. Absolutely. And I remember, like, teachers would be like, why, why are you so tired? And like, what are you doing? And I'd be like, I can't do detention, I've got a gig, and they'd be like, what? <laughs> like, I, said- I was basically the working men's Anna Montana. <laughs> well- Sheen Anna Montana. <laughs> well, my dad... For how supportive he was, he actually like let me get on with a lot of stuff. Yeah. And I think it's, again, it's like learnt behaviour. So my granddad, my dad's dad was also a singer um, and he didn't like help my dad really. Yeah. He didn't pander him. He, he, he taught him the ropes and he was like, you crack on, you do it, you yeah. sing, lad. Um, and my dad was very much the same. And even at the age of 15, when I was doing gigs, he wouldn't be like driving me around or setting my gear up. Yeah. He'd let me use his gear. So, like, you know, I'd take a microphone and, mm. I'd, and um, you know, I'd have, like, my mic stand and my guitar on my back. But I'd get the bus. <laughs> I'd get the bus. You know what? Why am I not surprised? You bloody love a bus. Hey. You love getting the bus. Have you seen the price of an Uber these days? We were talking about this the other day. We're going for a night out near Kez and she went, yeah, yeah, we'll get bus. Oh, wait. Fort- get, get 40 pounds in an Uber from Nottingham to Derby. Red Arrow, 11 pound day saver. <laughs> Family ticket. <laughs> Who's laughing now? There and back. Get a little we'll tinny see. from the spa. <laughs> but uh, I do love a boss. But this is where so it comes up, from, you that's see. That's it. But the thing is, as well, because my dad, he'd either be working on a Sunday or he'd go and have a drink. Yeah. Sunday was, was drink day. Yeah. So he's not, he's not ferrying me to a gig, you know. Yeah. 
And uh, so I'd get the bus, but I'd have to get like the last bus home, which was usually about eight o'clock. And it's so weird that you'd get home from a Sunday afternoon session where you've been surrounded by drinks, smoke, yeah. men, bad behaviour, chauvinistic sexist comments, quite yeah. adult behaviour, yeah. quite an adult scene. And then you'd have like, mum would go, school uniforms on your bed, iron, <laughs> ready, for, ready for school ready the for next school. day. And you'd suddenly think, oh, oh no, I've not, I've not done that. English literature assignment, quickly, write a day in the life, quick, write that. (laughs) (laughs) 60 word essay, quick. Yeah. Um, And you would, you'd have to quickly get your homework done when you got back from a gig. But um, I'll never forget my dad saying something to me. um, And I think it was like a realisation for him as well, is that he went, you will always have to work twice as hard for things that I I got mm. you know so either getting gigs or pay for example yeah and I remember very vividly that I was working in Lanzarote um I'd been asked if I could do a gig just an acoustic gig um I'd been offered a fee and it was it was fair enough it's mm. all you, you know euros in hand as it was and um I then found out that the two guys that did the other nights both playing on their own mm. so they weren't a duo they were on 80 euros more than I was Ooh. And oh hell no. Oh hell no. But I was young, so I was thinking I was 19. Yeah. And I remember ringing my dad and I was like, what do I do? He says, You march in there. You <laughs> demand to be paid the same. And it's always easier said than done. But the crazy thing was the landlady of, of the pub was a woman. Mm. And when I approached her, do you know what her answer was? She went, They get more people in because they're they're guys, and people will walk past a woman singing. And I went, well, they can walk past no, they can walk past no man singing because I will not play for less. Yeah. And they were great guys. Like I got on yeah. well with them, but they weren't doing anything different to what I was doing. I was yeah. still holding a full pub. It was only nine till 11. So, you know, yeah. two hours, no break, straight Oof. through. None of this 245 rubbish, oh, no. straight through. No, no, no. And um, yeah, and I, I got me 80 euros. I got me extra 80 euros. Yeah, yeah. Ah, good for And you, it was lass. one of the first times I thought, actually, I am yeah. always going to have to fight. Mm. And you, you have to learn to, to fight for what you are yeah. worth. When I suppose it's the same in any profession. Women have always been fighting. But mm. yeah, that was, and I say I was young. And I remember another gig that I did, um, I'd actually already done a show and we went to a gig and the guys that had, had been playing the gig had finished and they had, they, they had to dash off and the bar was still rammed and he went, look, do you want to get up and do half an hour? Like I've still got a full pub. He's like, I'll chuck you 50 euros. I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, I'll do it. So we get up, I'm playing away, half an hour comes and goes and I, I probably played, a, you know, 40 mm. minutes set and I went to go down and he went, no, carry on, carry on, they're still here, they're still here. And in my head, I'm thinking, no discussion of money has happened yeah. and I'm just I'm trying to be strong and I'm trying to yeah. be and I'm looking at my clock and I'm I'm like yeah we'll we'll talk money afterwards and he went yeah 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 we'll sort it we'll sort it we'll sort it anyway I did about an hour and a half Oof. more yeah and anyway, we get off and he gives me 50 euros nah we like three times that please and I went I went and again it's like you you, you feel like you're scared oh, sorry. to speak up I was and really say scared. I'm sorry was, that I'm being awkward asking for what exactly. I exactly he was a really burly Irish guy very yeah. forthcoming very strong willed um, and, and he went he said, he said, he said, he said we said 50 we said, we, we, said, we said 50 euro we said 50 euro and he threw this 50 yeah. at me and I went we said half an hour yeah and he went well listen if it's a problem you'll not play on this island again ooh so I took the 50 and I went home yeah. and I cried and I rang my dad and he went, well, if that's the case, you get on a plane now and you come home. Yeah. But I was like, no, I'm not going to be that girl that goes home and cries. Yeah. Um, 
never went back to that bar. I kind of learned yeah. the hard way. I went on to went on to carry on working, and, and and as my journey in Lanzarote kind of progressed, I ended up playing a residency at a bar called Mulligans in Porto del Carmen. We had six shows a week. Yeah. We were the resident house band, um, and I was actually one of the highest paid musicians on the island. Um, I re- you know I was able to, to to come home and buy my first house because yeah. I'd saved and I'd worked hard, and I bumped into this guy. And um, it was like, oh, I, rem- I remember you singing in my bar when you first moved right, here. I went, yeah, I remember you taking the piss out of me, <laughs> telling me I'd never work this island again. Well, I'm going home because I've just bought my first house and I'm hey, 24 years old. Take that. And you know, but constantly feeling like you had something to prove. Yeah. Like you're always having to go the extra mile to prove you can match up to the men on the stage. Yeah. And it is a thing. Definitely a thing. It really is. And it, even in like all sorts of stuff, like so we, we spoke recently, I know we've had conversations about it, about um, when, when is the right time to have children in this job? Because you'll always feel like never. <laughs> never. But well, we don't have Unless children. Unless you're a man. Yeah. Because if you're a man... It feels like, and I'm not man here in here, but it feels like for the men, you can have a child and then have a couple of weeks paternity and then get back to touring and stuff. But the woman, if she leaves her baby to go and tour, it's frowned upon of like, oh, you left your kids at home. Or on the other flip of that, take your kids with you. And that's yeah. frowned upon as yeah. well. Oh, kids, babies are in ear defenders. Yeah. It's like, mom has got to eat. You know, yeah. <laughs> come on, we've got to. And I think it's, um, it's something I've thought about. Obviously, like I'm in my 30s now, I'm getting married next year and I'd love to have a family one day. Um, but it is a very conscious thing that if I didn't do this job, I would probably have children now. Mm. But because I do this job, but I'm always striving for the next thing and the next thing. Like, no matter what you achieve, I feel like we've discussed this before as well. You, you strive and strive and strive to achieve something. And once you achieve it, you've not even slept from that achievement. You're already thinking, what we're doing next? what's next? Where am I going now? How what are do we I do next? Yeah. Oh, well, we've got to improve, we've got to improve. You're always chasing the next thing. Yeah. So there's never, you never feel like, oh, now's a good time. But if you always feel like you're waiting for the right time, then you'd never have children. Um, but then I've been seeing loads of women who I find massively inspiring lately with children on the road. So Els Bailey, who we both yeah. know and love, she's a mama, you know. Yeah. Like, Jess and the Bandits, she comes over from America, she brings the entire family, she brings the kids with her. Yeah. Her husband stays at home and looks after the babies while she goes out to work. I think that's a big key thing. I think you have to have a supportive yeah. partner that can say, look, you know, you, you go out and do your job, which effectively mm. is what we're doing. I'll stay in with the baby. Yeah. But I also think for, for me personally, I mean, I, I'm 35. I've been married for eight years with Lloyd for 15. Mm-hmm. Um, and children never, ever came onto the radar because we never, yeah. it was never like something we could do. Because yeah. Lloyd travels with me. He's mm-hmm. on the road. He's my guitar tech. Yeah. He's my tour manager. Um, and the, we couldn't live in a world, where, you know, we don't have like a big group of grandparents around yeah. us. They're all a bit older, not in the best health all the time. Um and it, it, do you know, it's the same reason we haven't got a dog. Yeah, same. Like, I'm desperate I for a pet. I would love a dog. A little pooch to go on oh, to. I used to have little a doggy pet. and Dusty was my little best friend and we Aww. lost her. And I was so desperate to get another one. But I said, actually, now all that kind of, who's going to have the dog? Yeah. Who's going to look after the dog? And it's, it's so easy to go, oh, mum, can yeah. you have the baby? But then yeah. there'll be a time, God love her, when my mum's not there to do yeah. that. And then it's like, I'm just... What do you do then? Exactly, yeah. what do you do? Or yeah. if, 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 say, like a tour came up in Australia, are you going to be away for five weeks? Yeah, that's it. <sighs> and like even Luke says to me, is like, you know, when we do eventually have children, because he tours a lot outside. Obviously, he does a lot with me, but he plays for so many different theatre shows and musicians and stuff, and he tours quite a lot. 
um, and he's like, you know, we have, we'd have to discover, like, do I want to be a dad through camera, through a FaceTime camera on mm. tour? Or, you know, how would we do that? And stuff. So we do have conversations about it. But I think in general, it's easier for the father to get back to work and get back to music than it is the mother. And people often say like, you know, oh, what Madame Morris is doing it. Madame Morris. <laughs> Has got a little bit more income than I've got, hun. Do you know, I thought She's got that, a team of bloody nannies. I thought that when I watched the Pink documentary yeah. on Netflix. And I thought, I, I am such a fan of Pink. Yeah. She is incredible. And Amazing. she is just a classic example of just levelling up all the time. Yeah. And she's her biggest critic. You know, yeah. she's like, every show needs to be bigger than the last show. And I'm here for that. I love yeah. that. Um, and she takes her kids on the road with her everywhere. Mm. But her husband's with her. There's a full, like... Yeah. babysitting team that come with her you know catering is there yeah. all the hotels are like big massive suites yeah the, the the realistic side of it for us is that we'd have like our own car with a with a car seat in the back kid yeah. crying in we're it. trying to drop then you're in family room it's just, you know what I mean? Like it wouldn't. It's, it's two different realities. You know, can you hold the baby while I sound check? Yeah, that's, that's the level I, we'd be. I at. felt like. Yeah, keep waiting, keep waiting. And, I, and the thing is, like, as much as I'm like, oh, I'd have kids now. If I, did, if I didn't do music, I would. But doing this, I, I wouldn't want children anytime soon. A few more years, yeah. to my mum's dismay. A few more years. <laughs> you see, and I, then I think, like, I see people doing it now. You know, taking the kids with them. Or an hourly. Takes the kids with her. I think if you were to say, look, we're, gonna, we're just going to do it and we're going to make it work, mm, you would you make, make it, it work. work. Yeah. But there is absolutely no denying that we would have to work doubly hard yeah. to make it work. Whereas yeah. in, I say, this is, this look, this is not about man bashing. No. We, we, we both, love men. We hey. like men quite considerably. Um, but there is absolutely an argument for the difference. The difference, yeah. you know. And I, I spoke with, a, with a, a close mutual friend of ours that's got two lovely children and he was like, oh, look, there'll never be a perfect time. There'll never be a perfect time. Mm. And I'm like, no, but there'll never be any time yeah. because I've always got, some new music coming out or an album yeah. or a tour I want to do or a show I want to put on mm. or some travelling that I want to do or something that needs fixing yeah. on the house. And the reality <laughs> is this career, it's a selfish career. Like you Very. say, like, I can have plans for you, but if a great tour comes in, I'm sorry, babe, I'm dropping you like that. And I Because I'm that. going on the tour. Yeah. And I will like, be winging you all the way and it's, on. It is a selfish thing, but you can you can never turn down opportunity. Yeah. Um, but what if, you know, it's well, kids. Picture the scene. Picture the scene. <laughs> Main stage, C2C. Oh, one can dream, baby. You've got it. Your name's up in lights. You've practised the set. A couple of days, couple of days before you just go on. Baby's ill. <sighs> Baby's you know not I mean? well. Baby's not well. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And like right and now I'm got... like, well, you get families, look, but you don't know how you're going to be when you've got that bond with a child. Exactly. I could be like, I cannot leave my poor and child. And that's the thing. Yeah. You, you will feel like until... that. And then, you know, when, when the babies are all clingy and they're like, I don't want to yeah. leave you and they cry the minute yeah. you put them down. And it's like, then you've got to make that choice. Yeah. Who are you letting down? The the show or, or the baby in your arms? Yeah. And I just feel like as... As women, you're always going to want the baby yeah. in your arms, aren't you? What, we'd have to develop some sort of like, I'd just come on C to see, like, C to C, and have a little baby strapped <laughs> on my chest with it, so your defenders on. <laughs> I'm back in vocals tonight, I'd interrupt baby. Oh, mate. You would as well, you would. Can you imagine well, that rocking like... up, getting guitar in one hand, stroller in the other? <laughs> Do you remember Jessie G is another amazing example of, she came over and did a tour last year, brought her baby, her husband, you know, mum, dad, 
big entourage of amazing people she's got around her helping her out. Um, and she was playing at Billport, do you remember? And there was a little baby girl. This was so cute, like trying to get up and sing with her. And Jessica was like, I want my baby. <laughs> so while she's on stage, he brought up the baby up and she was she literally a little, little baby. And she'd been singing Gretchen Wilson because she obviously like is good friends with Gretchen, works well closely with her in the music. And she'd sang... Um, redneck woman and you i'm sure it was you was like you missed a perfect opportunity to get the baby when it was with a baby, <laughs> baby on, on my, my hip <laughs> <laughs> i was like that is the kind of mum i want to be when i finally have children i want to be like well the kids will come with and they'll yeah. grow up like on the road and coming to gigs and festivals like mum's always like we could look after your babies we just have them in the little ear defenders and we're like that's your mum and dad on stage i think there's a really like What's the word? Like a, a, a starry-eyed vision of yeah. that of that life. You Me, know, again, I romanticise things. And I'm romanticising being I'm, a mum in the I'm industry. You're almost selling motherhood to me, <laughs> almost. Um, but it's do you know what I think as well because our lives are so full on, like being on the road and yeah. touring, and how stressful music can be. I mean, even like literally just this morning setting up for this, <laughs> stressful. I've never seen you so stressed out. So, oh, you're that stressed. I forgot us lunch. <laughs> yeah no lunch just red wine just jammers but it's just a little thing like the fact that Luke had come home from a gig and put the amp in front of the gear that we needed and the effort of having to move said guitar amp she I can hear her upstairs going literally the profanities that were coming out of your mouth I thought what's she doing up there I, just was, trying to get the gear it was some sort of exercise I didn't ask for this morning moving amp you know how bloody heavy them things are but imagine Curious. doing that with a teeth in child pulling at your trousers mummy mummy where are you going what time are you coming back mummy mm, that is true realistic talk I'll be like ah, no, mummy's got a podcast to do <laughs> now shut up and grab the other side of this amp <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's so it's I mean I think it's one of those things like yeah I think as a woman you always think about what kind of mum you'd be yeah I I'm not ashamed unhinged is me well I'm not ashamed <laughs> to say I think I'd be a great mum I think yeah. I'm fun to be around I think whatever I do I'll put my all into you're very mothering as well you always look after me and the girls I am, I am a mother figure away, you're when, very mothering when we go on holiday I'm like has everyone had some water you're cooking for put some paracetamol next to your bed yeah and when we do our little well, do you weekends. remember the first time me and Luke came to stay with you and Lloyd <laughs> And I came up to say, I have horrendous hangovers. And I came upstairs to put a stuff in his bed and you'd left me a little hangover kit that you'd put together with like yeah. a bottle of Lucasid, paracetamols. I was like, this woman, <laughs> I knew we were going to be great friends and this is cementing the reason why. I was why. like, look, you're not staying at my house and being asleep all day. Get a Pro Plus, Daniel, we're going again. Because <laughs> when it first started, we went out, we got back to Lucas, we were like, round two, and I just went upstairs. <laughs> Came back down, you were like, where you been? I thought I went up. I am Kezia Gill, and don't forget, I am an independent artist, and you can listen to all of my original music across all major platforms. Just search Kezia Gill Music. One of my truly most terrifying moments in my life is when I found out you about your aversion to Prosecco. <sighs> yeah, it's bad. Big moment. Uh, yeah, um, a you, bit of exorcism. You'd, you'd come over. I think it was it was during the pandemic, but when you were allowed to we visit. came to do a live stream with you. Yes, you did. It was when you were allowed 
to visit someone's house uh, you came we did a live stream didn't we which was a yeah. lot of fun because it was nice weather we had a few beers in the garden and everyone else was to blame basically we tuned in because <laughs> they sent loads of tips and we spent all that money on alcohol we did one tip of which being Prosecco we thought you know we'll have a bit you know we're, we're not champagne girls we're not that, we're not mad but we thought we'll get a few bottles of Prosecco and it was summer wasn't it mm-hmm. and uh, yeah apparently it just makes you shake horrendously <laughs> so bad like <laughs> I'm, it's taken me years to just grow up and learn like, Jade, that does not <laughs> agree with you. So just don't drink it. I was almost taken on the phone. Years. I was almost on the phone to 999 because she's convulsing on my sofa and I was yeah. like, we've killed Jade in on one fast. And like <laughs> people, so it happened when I'd been with Luke, I'd not been with him long and his mum had popped a bottle of Prosecco and I was like, yeah, cool, I'll have a glass, it's fine. Didn't tell him, went to bed, it started happening. Next day I just thought, I might as well pack everything now because <laughs> I'm getting dumped. There's no way on earth. He's going to want to stay with me after what he witnessed last night. We was like, yeah, oh, we are, but it's fine, all right. I know you can't drink Prosecco. And now it's just a thing that people know. Like, oh, well, no, this Jay was can't fun, have it. This Jay was what was funny. You're on the couch having a moment <laughs> and I'm like panicking, like, oh, my God, what the hell is going on? Luke just wandered in casual as. <laughs> oh, this is what she does. <laughs> she's fine. She's fine. She just needs to go to bed. Mm. I went, it literally... She's, she's fit. Yeah, it, it was bad. so strange, but it's not like when I tell my mum and people about it. People think I like a shit. Like I'm like, no, I'm no, like, it's a twitchy thing, twitchy my, situation. The legs, like, yes. I, and I get cramp then up my shins, like my calves, my thighs, and then Luke has to like massage my muscles to make them relax. Like, so, at what point thing. are you explaining this to your children? <laughs> it's true. When mummy starts shaking, rub her thighs. Take the prosecco <laughs> off, mummy, when she starts shaking. <laughs> You know, it's mad because I've got two sisters. I've got an older sister and a younger sister. My older sister's got kids. My younger sister's got dogs. Neither of them have any social life. I'll ring them on like a Wednesday afternoon, like, you're coming out. And my older sister's like, oh, no, sorry, I've got, got, to, get, got to get my daughter at half three. And then my young sister's like, oh, no, because if we leave the dogs, they, they piss everywhere. And I'm like, what world are we living in? Yeah. I think, again, that's like another thing, like being musicians, it's an antisocial job. Like, say, Wednesday afternoon for me, I'm like, yes, yeah, let's well, this get is out. The thing. I can ring you and be like, little sesh, Wednesday afternoon, yeah. and we absolutely can yeah. do that. Fantastic. But then, I guess the flip side of that, like, all my friends stuff will be like, woo, we're going out on Saturday. I'm like, ah, I've got a Saturday in November. <laughs> 2027 <laughs> <laughs> so like where we are like antisocial so like when they're like ready to go out I can never I have to like get something in the diary from seeing my friends and family but then equally like I'll be like who's out and they're like babe it's <laughs> Tuesday we're at work <laughs> I love it. I'm very lucky. I've got loads of teacher friends. I know when school holidays are. Exactly. I'm like, you've got two week Easter. <laughs> what we do? Fancy it. Little Thursday sesh. <laughs> so as hard it is to be a woman in the industry, there's some pretty cool women Absolutely. in music. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but growing up for me, like I've, I've always loved male entertainers. I think there's a very dynamic mm. edge that people like Freddie Mercury and Elvis Presley oh, bring, yeah. you know, watching Prince and stuff like that. But I just, as a woman, I wanted to be the women. Yeah. I know? think I love female voices because I then want to think, can I do that with my voice? Can I make my voice do that? I'm like, I loved how they handled that or how they performed there. That's the kind of performer I want to be. Yeah. So I like women because I see, I like to see myself in them. Yeah. And like, like you say, like be inspired by them. And it is, it is inspiring, isn't mm. it? Because again, I say, we keep harping back to the clubs, but that is where we started. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, for me, I've always said like, I'm never going to be able to sing a Whitney Houston song. 
And Celine Dion at a drunk push. Hey, I I've heard you <laughs> nail think twice. Can't do the no, 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 no. I can't do that one. <laughs> I have to just mute myself on that one. But um, but you know, again, going back to the country genre, Patsy Cline was Ooh. the reason I wanted to be a singer. And actually, I think she has a lot of soul in her voice as yeah, well. Yeah, I feel like you, she's one of those voices that you can feel a heartbreaking. And like, even though she, she didn't write crazy, but you, if you didn't. Oh, know you that you'd believe it. it. Yeah. Like her heart is breaking, and like you know, I fall to pieces. Like you feel you that pain. Her and voice, the, the way she can put emotion into a voice and make you believe every single word she's singing, I think is a sign of an exceptional vocalist. Yeah, Adele. And- you know, exactly same. and it's like she has that whole kind of the piano ballad mm. and you could you could say to her oh yeah you've done that now what next like no nah just no, keep doing it nothing next you, you have nailed in. that yeah. demographic and what was so nice is after you know all the big hits like someone like you and and um you know just all those big piano ballads and then she brought out her latest album and it was like easy on me yeah and i was like oh it's another piano ballad i'm like yes but have you heard yeah it? listen to it she's literally say like after going through a massive divorce and everything Thing. she's saying like go easy on me and it, you hear it you hear the heartbreak in her voice have you seen the um concert she did in la at the I observatory have not. right we'll watch it tonight can we it's fantastic i've watched it loads of times but that's the one i was watching it last week I had a couple of glasses of jammers loads <laughs> cooking tea in kitchen and it's so good um and it's the new album that she's playing. It was like a CBS special. Nice. Um, and she plays Rolling in the Deep. And I was just in my, and I'd be, when I'd put me, finally learn your curls from my dressing gown. So I got my little curls in my dressing gown. Glass of jammers in my hand. And I went on my own at living room. We could have had it <laughs> Dancing away. Turned around and Luke just didn't know. He was like, what is going on? And then he was like, I filmed that. I filmed that. You were having the time of your life on your own in your living room (laughs) i have got the funny story about that song so one of my first proper boyfriends i was only quite young um i think i was probably 14 um first like proper serious boyfriend you know little kiss little snuggle this sort of thing and he cheated on me oh dirty dog i went on holiday and he cheated on me why you were on holiday i was on holiday (laughs) so i think i went out i went out with him when i was 14 (laughs) into 15 and um he kind of, you know, suggested the idea of like sleeping together, and I was so frigid. I was like, yeah. "No, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> so frigid." I really was. I, I was so frigid. I was like, "We, the, 14 beers, I was like, no. I might let you feel my boob over my jumper, and that's it. <laughs> that's it." So anyway, so I went on holiday, and he slept <gasps> with a what? girl. Fourteen, well, fifteen. We were at this point. And I was so mort- I was so heartbroken. And he was I, it wasn't my first love because I was too young yeah, to love. Teenager. But my first real Yeah. You know, we were together at I six had my first boyfriend about four. And I was like, you know, I spent every weekend with him and it was like it was really intense, I think, when you're that old. Yeah. Um Yeah, we slept with a girl <gasps> while I was on holiday. And then the he little was, boob jumper wanted enough for him to keep that man down. And then about <laughs> five or six years later. <laughs> I was at a family party and he was there. Sure, were you your cousin or something? Well, no. It, basically, I'm from a very large Irish family. Oh, yeah, he was Irish, from a big Irish family. It. And it was uh, like, you know, yeah, you can't not avoid. So anyway, we were at this party and I said, I was there with Lloyd. And I went, is it, isn't it? I went, put rolling in the deep on. <laughs> you could have <laughs> And he's there, right? And he's there with his trampy missus, whoever he's with. <laughs> 
you know, and I'd already like, you know, I, I think I'd, um, I've been living in Lanzarote, so I come back, you know, I'm tanned. Yeah. I've, I've got a bit more assurance. I've got some tattoos yeah. at this point. I was about 20, 23, 24. Yeah. Got a much more like solid assurance of, yeah. of what I had when I was 15. Yeah. There with me boyfriend, my sexy boyfriend, you know, mm. we were engaged. And I sang rolling in the deep just to say, you know, we could have had it all. And I literally looked at him and I was like, we could have Oh my God, it. that is fantastic. Such a moment. Love it. Brought all the sass. Oh, <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm here for the karaoke sass. But you know what? Like, I could not have written half the songs I, I have written if it wasn't for men screwing me over. In it. Like, like I, thank you, I, I always say, like, even like my latest CP is like, about just like never being, you know, some of the songs like undercover and lead me on about just not being good enough for somebody and having no real reason why and knowing that they're just taking me, can't you, they only call you on a weekend and all this stuff. I'm happily engaged. Six years I've been with Luke, so I have to dig deep when I'm writing these songs. I'm like, remember when you were 17? You do. Well, I went through a real dry spell with writing because I was so <laughs> happy. we meant then. Oh, no, like, that's never it. happened, love. No, with writing, because I was so happy. Yeah. And it is, we can all write a happy song and everything, but it was, it's actually, it's when life gets hard yeah. and gets tough, that's when the good the stuff comes. The real stuff comes out, yeah. And I found that, like, going into the pandemic, that was a really strange time. I'd lost yeah. my dad. I'd lost any kind of security with, with like, living and, and finance and my job mm-hmm. and not really, lost my identity for, mm-hmm. for a, a, a big part of it. And the, that material came quick, you know, but I'd, I'd say to Lloyd, like, can you just piss me off or something? So I've got material yeah. for a song because I've, I love you too much. Breakups are good for songwriting and losing weight. <laughs> I'm like, Luke, can you dump me for a bit before wedding so I can get into that dress I want? Well, it, it works both ways. You get happy, you get fat. Honestly. It's just a thing. I say to him, I'm like, listen, I've gained the pounds, but I am content. But even that, like, in this industry, hey... Men don't worry Men about do gaining want, the pounds. But no one bats eyelid to let you know you've put weight on. We were the discussing amount. recently, there's a couple of men in the public eye and that they've, you know, quite publicly put a lot of weight on. But it's well, never... for them, hon, you know. Never you spoken do you. about... Yeah, exactly. It's not an issue. No. But God, God forbid, was that a woman? Yeah. Well, it's interesting. So that's a documentary I'm going to make you watch tonight with um, Adele. It's a concert, but then it keeps stopping. She's having a chat with Oprah. I mean, come on. Um... <laughs> That's who she's chatting to in between. And she, because she obviously lost a lot of weight. Yeah. And she said, like, she struggled with that because people, she was like the advocate for being like a big girl. Um, And she said, I had a lot of backlash when I lost weight. People saying, you turn your back. And she was like, but I said, it's not my responsibility to make you feel better. Like, I'm just doing me. Like, so I think... It that works is both another, ways. Is so even pressure. losing weight as a woman was a exactly that is another right. pressure that women feel, and it's like yeah, I think it goes right down to like what clothes you wear, yeah, like the outfits that you wear on stage. I mean, I, I don't know if I've ever told you this story. Did I tell you about the email review <laughs> that I got from it? <laughs> I am not even lying. I did a gig, and it was in Loughborough, just a Friday night pub mm-hmm. gig. Two forty-fives of covers, and for my for my pub, I used to dress really like I am now. You know, nice yeah. pair of boots, just a shirt. You did, you don't need to dress up all fancy for no. a pub. Plus, as well, you're a woman. I travel yeah. on my own. Just keep it casual yeah. but smart. Um, and this guy asked me for a business card at the end of the gig, and I thought, oh, you know, potential work, a wedding, maybe. Gave him my business card. Had my email address. Woke up the next morning to a full review. A gig review. <laughs> unsolicited gig. It's worse than an unsolicited dick pic, isn't it? Unsolicited gig review. For starters. 
just going through all, you know, really in detail as well. Like I, I was like, was this guy taking notes or something? And then at the bottom it said outfit. I was like, okay, this is a subsection. As Shania Twain would say, it didn't impress me much. <laughs> What was he wearing? Is what I'd love to know. I can't even remember who he was. A jumper with an all in the cuff. I couldn't tell you his age. Last night's gravy down chest. (laughs) It was such a, oh, have you got a card? And as you know, you give a lot of cards out. I couldn't even tell you his age, what he looked like. Fantastic. But I just thought, you've felt the need to email me and criticise my smart casual jeans mm. outfit. I think it made some insinuation that a skirt or a dress would have been more... Because I'm a woman. Um, and even now, I remember when I did a gig on my last tour, it was Manchester, the Deaf Institute. Fantastic venue. <gasps> when you dropped that jacket and you had your backless outfit on, I remember that. I was like, whoo! But, girl, thank God I packed that jumpsuit because I had dresses yeah, planned that stage for the tour. in there. It's so like a six box, foot, isn't six it? foot high stage. Yeah. I thought if I'm wearing a dress on this stage, honestly, I thought they need to put oh, that out on the on the venue yeah. information. Just FYI, do yeah. not wear a skirt. Cut shot. Get your pants on. But where do, where do the photographers stand? Exactly, right, right in below front of the stage. Yeah. Why Facebook's just crawling the photos of me with fortunes. <laughs> <laughs> I said to Luke, I went, oh, I saw one from CC. I went, oh, God. I went, oh, why'd they put that on? Why why they put me on like that? And Luke went, because that's how you look. <laughs> but it's not. It is not. But why, <laughs> why in a world of all about the angle, did he put photographers in a pit at the front yeah, of the stage madness, to get up skirt photos? I ain't got the jawline for it. Up chin, up straight up your nose. That, that's a great photo. Yeah. And you know venues now, they have balconies and they have like platforms and there's quite often a desk, a sound <gasps> Sorry, desk platform. Are you hungry? Ravenous. You didn't pack the sandwiches, did you? No, I don't mean to interrupt you, but my stomach did it. It went... <laughs> <laughs> Apologies. Carry on. <laughs> well, think of the weight you're losing. Well, Listen, well, this is the world we're living in. Think honestly, of the calories we're yeah. burning in. But you think, you know, put the photographer in a higher elevated angle, like mm. in a balcony or on a side bit. Get me from above. Get me from above. Get a backlight. No, pit <laughs> right down there. Up your nose, up your chin, up your skirt. Up your everything. Something else men don't have Honestly. to worry about. <laughs> well, on that note of uh, man eating, no, I'm joking. We're not hating men. We love men. We're just trying to give a bit of an insight into the realities of being a woman in the we, industry. We are, and we well, are women and in the male face. industry, yeah, aren't we? 100%. And, and we, we navigate that. Exactly. And I think for doing doing it for years, we're, we're, we're starting to get the hang of... Yeah. And there are some men who are amazing champions of females. 100%. Especially in country music. We've got some great men on the side, radio side, the booking side, photographers, musicians. I mean, we our boys in the band, amazing. Absolutely brilliant. And we're both very fortunate as well to be engaged and married yep. to two very supportive men. Definitely. Because it's not, it's not easy being with a strong woman. It's in the, li- no. it's in the limelight. It's, it's not easy. Um... But we've also both worked with chauvinistic dickheads. <laughs> and here's to them. Here's to that. <laughs> well, thank you again for tuning in to Do You Know Any Oasis? We will be back very soon with another episode of 
chit chat and no more man hitting promise <laughs> yeah we've got that we've got that out of system now yeah got that out we've got loads to share uh, as we said we're in his 30s now and we've spent more time in the industry than we have out <laughs> so we got a lot to share we got a lot to share and we as, as always we love to hear your thoughts so Absolutely. comment share share the podcast um music or non music fans you know we've we're just talking about our ramblings of being music makers exactly Cheers to that. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. If you have enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to hit subscribe and follow us on social media. 